I'm not anxious about what will happen the next day, the next hour, the next five minutes. And I never prepared for this next minute. But I know that I will manage it. This is Unplugged, a series of conversations with creative minds from the design industry and beyond, hosted by H&H. Buongiorno, welcome to another episode of H&H Unplugged. We have the great pleasure today to be connected with um, Tristan Auer, with us from uh, Normandy. Good morning, Tristan. How are you doing today? Good morning, everybody. Tristan, we always start our conversation with uh, a kind of personal questions and we like to also to close it. How are you living the quarantine at this moment? Are you a creature of habit? How do you start your days usually? Uh, I feel like I'm in the luckiest time of my, uh, of my life because from the last month I'm in my beautiful house in Normandy. I just completed a few weeks ago after one year of uh, heavy work and uh, I'm enjoying it with uh, enjoying springtime in the same time. Having said that, it's a difficult time for every reason that everybody knows and uh, I'm working like 10 hours a day. So uh, I'm not an early bird. I like to, uh, to sleep quite late in the morning, but I uh, go to bed 2 a.m. in the morning. So uh, and I split my time. I, I do what I just want to do according to my wishes. So I work, I stop, I have a coffee, I go outside, I uh, trim some trees, I come back. So I have the, the chance to be able to uh, adjust my day according to my need, which is very rare today. When you're in the office, you have to do that. I've got meetings every 15 minutes. Here, I, I feel I'm more free. Yeah, so it can be also a positive moment for those reasons. Do you speak like every day to your team uh, uh, on uh, Zoom, Skype? You're, are you using these uh, technological devices to keep yourself connected? Yes, I miss my team a lot. What you can complete in few minutes the visual connection, you take a pencil, you take, I'm very old fashioned, you take a piece of paper, you sketch for them. I cannot do that. So I'm very annoyed by all the, uh, the Slack, the Zoom, the connections, the emails, the WhatsApp, the text messages. It's coming from everywhere. So usually I, I don't answer to any of them. And I do calls with uh, my team, even if it's two minutes, doesn't need to take like 30 minutes to say, okay, I'm doing something important. No, a few minutes and uh, that helps a lot in the process. I'm not a very uh, technical guy in terms of modern connection. It helps me a lot, but I try to avoid that. When I, I lose my cell phone somewhere in the house, I'm the most luckiest person in the world. Do you think that this um, situation that we are living in now, like being separated and each and every one is working at home, what we call the smart working. Is it increasing the productivity because you can be more focused now being alone at your place on exactly whatever you are doing in that specific moment? No, I think this is uh, the contrary. We are losing productivity. For one reason, it's uh, certainly we are less focused on things. And we are waiting too much <clears throat> information from people which are not in the same room. Uh, when you're in the same room, you go, you say, hey, what do you think about that? And instantly you get an answer or no answer or a wrong answer, which gives you the right answer. But when you send emails, it could be written in a half an hour, you guys think wrongly, answer back. So it's, uh, no, we are losing productivity. It's why we need to work 
harder and longer during this period. And going back to the old world, we will need to, to work less. And what about the creativity that typically is very much connected to emotions? Uh, emotions now are different for sure. And uh, creativity is also, it means also being stimulated from the surrounding, from the environment, from the people that you meet. Is your creativity being affected? Uh, no, because I'm an old guy, I'm 50. So I, I learned how to uh, manage to stimulate my creativity at the very highest point. But I agree with you, I'm missing all my elements, environment, materials, books that I cannot bring with me because we, uh, as, as you did, we have to leave within two hours. And yeah. I need books, internet, you, you, you cannot have the, the same quality of information that you find on internet that you find on books. I need some samples, I need some craftsmanship which is passing by the studio to show us new things. So I, I need this energy and uh, my team needs it as, as well. Hopefully in a few weeks time we'll come back to uh, normal life, even if uh, we need to change lots of things in our way of living. Uh, we should have learned from this period that, you know, I've got uh, this is a, a marine uh, sweatshirt in wool that I've got from the last 25 years. I've got uh, uh, trousers that I went and buy to the supermarket for 10, uh, 10 euros. Yeah. And uh, that's it. This is all I need. So I don't need more. I've got a watch which is from uh, 1940s. Uh, and I could keep it for the rest of my life. So these things we create a big impact in the economy of the world but we need to think about when we don't need that much i think that even the dressing code might be affected in a positive way i think becoming more and more and more informal in the next future people will be absolutely accepting also to have meetings with you with with anyone in a less informal way because all this situation is just bringing us closer and closer to a very informal way of living we are entering now we have the privilege of entering uh, uh, in, a, in a private space of yours your house in normandy and we are yeah. in, a position, in a very informal way i, I don't wear a tie as you can see, so uh, I don't need to wear it uh, during my uh, normal life. I never wear a tie, to tell the truth. Look, to go a little bit more into the specifics of your work, you call yourself, or at least I heard you in an interview, uh, defining yourself uh, a master, let's say, of non-specialization. That's true. What do you mean by that? I mean that I am not able to reproduce uh, one style one thing that I've learned and I came to reproduce. I've got a very bad memory, so I forget instantly what I've done before. And I arrive as a baby uh, in front of the, uh, a new uh, experience and uh, a new, new project without any background. So I've got a, a piece of paper and I try to be fitted by the project, by the brand, when there is a brand, by the client and by the environment to create something which is not new, certainly it was in, deep inside me for forever, but something that it's not, let's say, trendy, this horrible world, uh, yeah. trendy or influenced by anything around me which is not myself or what I've done. 
and, and this is a freedom for me because uh, every project is different because my every clients are different and I learn a lot from the project from my clients and I'm enjoying that a lot I don't freak out because it, it, it's it's uh, the feeling could be oh this is something new I don't know what to do and uh, I, I need to uh, to find a solution that I never did before never find before this is what I am and this is why certainly when the lockdown arrived okay I say let, let, let's do it and we'll see uh, tomorrow morning I never hear or watch the news because it's emotionally very very high and um, it's just to to make people uh, uh, anxious I'm not anxious about what will happen the next day the next hour the next five minutes and I never prepared for this next minutes but I know that I will manage it so in creativity with my project is exactly the same and I, I claim the fact that I'm not specialized so I can do everything people can come to me to do like uh, yesterday I've received a call oh I've got an, an airplane uh, jet uh, to do I never done that before uh, let's do it together yes you'll figure it out for sure how to make it yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, even though you are not a specialist, uh, but I'm sure that you have uh, your trademarks, signs, typical signs of Tristan Hour that you leave in each and every project. Can you put your finger on those? Can you tell us which are your trademarks or you don't recognize them? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I never looked back on what makes my trademark. I feel like I don't have it. During interviews, people could point where they are and I'm glad they did but I don't know what to to answer to that I'm not trying to reproduce and you know uh, hammer the same uh, trademark and uh, what I'm doing is not my vision is not a commercial vision of my work I'm selfish I'm doing it for my own pleasure and for some clients but not to build a business which is recognizable and could be sold in a 10 years time there is a specific thing that I would like to, to talk to you about, which is the car tailoring. I know that you are a big fan of vintage cars. Where did it start from? Ah, this is a very good question. And today I cannot drive, so uh, in Virginia, how sad I feel. It started because I bought a car. I always enjoyed cars. And I bought a car uh, which was the wrong color inside and outside. And I uh, asked myself, it was in very bad condition. So why should I live in the best, bad taste of somebody else? I could have bought another car, yes. Uh, but I bought this one. So I need to refurbish it. And, and I asked to my friends, which are, have very high knowledge into uh, classic cars and historical cars, what should I do? And they said, okay, keep it exactly the way it was originally. Because if you don't do that, it will lose its value. Okay. But I don't like this car. I don't like the way it was done. Uh, it was a Italian car from the 70s, uh, sports car. Was it the original color or was, was, it, was it been repainted? No, it, in fact, it, I end up it was repainted. Ah, okay. so when I bought it, it was red. Because in the 80s, everybody painted Ferraris in red to make it Ferraris. Yeah. And uh, so because they told me, no, you shouldn't do your own things because what I do every day is I select uh, finishes, details, and colors to create some harmony 
which is very personal, which is something which is glamorous. So I decided to do that for this car. Everybody says, you shouldn't do that. That means that I should do that. That's, that means that that was a good idea if it's, if it's not a trend. So I started, it took me uh, ages, it took me five years. And when I completed two years ago, how long did it sorry? take? How long did it five take? Five years. Five years. Insane. I, I chose the wrong guy, to, to be honest. Could be much faster than that. But I redo everything, every single item, screw was changed or uh, renovated. And when I showed my, this car to my friends, we, we said, no, you shouldn't do that. They said, okay, you are right. And we want one for myself. And um, the funny thing is, today we are, let's do things for ourselves. The way we think about it, not because somebody else is telling you, you should do that. Let's be, let's say, influencers. Uh, 100 years ago, uh, it was not influencers, it, it was called dandy. And dandy is somebody which is building his own personality, doing things for himself, not to show to everybody, to the crowd, that they're doing wrong, is doing well. No, because life is short. Let's enjoy moments of life. Let's take risks. Let's take the risks that people say, okay, oh, no, I don't like you, what you've done. Okay, that's my car. <laughs> it's for me. And um, so then I launched my brand, Car Pedaling, and uh, it's growing and growing and growing. I've got two demand per, per weeks on the uh, renovation of classic cars and uh, yachts and jets, as I mentioned, and uh, all the small interiors. And nobody else is doing that in, the, in this world. I'm the only one. People used to do that before Second World War uh, because this is, that was a way to, to select a car. You buy your chassis, engine, and steering wheels. And you ask to the, to the guy to do the, the shape, to do the interiors separate, and you customize, customize it. But today, apart certain very high brands, but they are brands. So they label what they do with your car with their brand. And nobody else is doing that. So I've, I've got uh, uh, the full market and uh, I'm doing that with my soul and with my heart and with some specific clients that understand what I'm doing and ready to do something for, the, for themselves. So we are finding maybe something where you are becoming a, a specialist. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> but no, because each cars are different and for somebody else. So if you come to me and say, okay, I've got uh, this uh, Ford Mustang, uh, I like only green, I uh, will do it something for, for you. So Very I'm become, becoming you. You are the specialist. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that brings me to another question, which is about the process or your process of designing your projects, which is, as far as I understood, very much uh, tailored to your clients, like an haute couture process. Do you think that it's possible to achieve the same level of empathy with your clients, with your projects, through means of a screen? How can you, keeping yourself, again, stimulated for projects with such a long, long distance with your clients? I'm, I'm very close to my clients. I'm listening to them a lot. I'm learning from them and try to, to react as how we can react. Psychologically speaking, it's very important to be connected with my clients. It's why I've got only luxury in my life. It's to be able to not, to, uh, not choosing my project, but choosing my, choosing my client. If it doesn't click with a client, 
uh, I prefer not to do it. I know exactly what will be the reaction during the process, during the, the, the project, and I've got a lot of empathy for them. So it's only why I can do, uh, have this um, couture approach for them and for their project. Um, I'm quoting yourself again in another interview. You say that you don't trust what you like and you try to escape usually what you like to, to find another challenge, to be more challenged. We are living in a challenge now. Do you think that uh, this will bring us any good? Yes, we should always see the positive side of uh, what we are living, of this uh, big crisis. Yes, when I say that I'm, I, I don't trust my, my test, it's all about my test only. Um, it's let's not do things easily. Let's challenge ourselves. Let's try to be more creative. And this situation, this new world, we need to be creative. Politicians need to be creative and uh, to find new way of connecting people together with this distance, new way of taking care of them if, if a new crisis arrives, this one or another one. So it's, uh, uh, don't take anything for a given. Uh, just be open to uh, react, to be smart, to build something, not just yourself, but with with your friends, with your family, and uh, uh, to react to some, something uh, strong and sad as we are living, which could arrive, could appear. Uh, and creativity, honestly, this is uh, the, the main solution for everything. And most of people are. They just need to have the freedom to be listened and to express something which is new, think out of the box, and create something that it's a, it's a new solution. So people should trust themselves uh, more often and not be afraid of uh, trying something and maybe failing. Okay, I'm failing every day, doing wrong things every day, but I'm trying. Uh, how do you think that the design, product design, because I think I'm sure that this, uh, this uh, period, this revolution uh, will have an impact on uh, each and every form of art, including design, from the architectural scale to the interior design scale to the product design scale. Do you agree about that and how do you think that? I still don't know. I'm still thinking about that. What I know that is, uh, I would like just to say that what is the difference between interior design and designers? Mm -hmm. And interior designers, to answer the, your questions, in interior designers is talking to somebody, to you, a human being which has a knowledge, which has tools, which has some materials and can uh, create one unique object or hundreds of objects. A designer is talking to a machine, a computer, which will process and eject plastic and um, produce thousands of objects. The new world will change because today I still can um, ask to my uh, uh, manufacturer craftsmanship and still uh, not today because it's my holiday to, today in France, but yesterday or tomorrow, we are still doing works in this house and nobody can stop us. But when you have a factory, and factory usually are in China, that has to stop because we are missing some, uh, some petrol to do plastic, we are missing this, we are missing that. One small element could stop the whole business. And now it's very funny because um, China is not shut down uh, anymore. So they are, came back to the factory to produce, ready. Okay, 
but they don't have any customers. They don't have any orders because we are shut down. So we don't need what they produce. So they start thinking, okay, we don't have money. It's, it's a, there's a big crisis, unemployment in China right away. So people th- start to think, okay, let's not buy nice clothes and uh, beautiful cream. I don't need that. Who's producing that? Us <laughs> in Europe. So yeah. it's going to fail. The castle is going to fail uh, more and more. Yeah. And uh, that would be very interesting to look at what will happen the next six months. To go back uh, to what you were saying at the beginning, I think also that if I correctly understood and if I give the right interpretation, the interior designer or the architect maybe has the chance to experience first and the needs and to understand the needs of his client because he is speaking directly to the client, to the end user. Exactly. The product designer has to forecast what the end user will need because he is not talking to each and every one of them when he produces when he designs a lamp he's talking to the manufacturer and the manufacturer gives an interpretation of the needs of the end users but no one is sure about that so it's i think it's more the product design scale is more challenging there is no direct feedback about what you're doing no direct feedback it's why you need to create a need which is sometimes not a real one, and you put uh, big layers of marketing on top of that, yeah. and publicity, advertisement, and suddenly this chair, which costs nothing, costs a lot because you need to oversell it. And uh, when you're in direct link, as we were uh, 70 years ago uh, with a customer, you can hear it, adjust it, and if you do a bespoke and made to measure, uh, that's, that's easy. Talking to, we are talking to some entrepreneurs like Salvatore, Giorgetti. I think that things will change also because in the last five years we've seen throughout the digital market uh, um, a relationship between manufacturers and end users getting closer and closer. So companies, the companies and manufacturers, they are getting easier, easier. A feedback from the market about their products, uh, about uh, the way they communicate the value of their products as well. So I think that in a way, hopefully, the market will change a bit about that, getting even closer and do minding and pointing their fingers on the very relevant components of a product and a distribution, less marketing, as you said. Yes. What we can wish and hope is that the client will understand the real value of a project, of a chair, you mentioned Giorgetti, the highest quality, the craftsmanship which is behind it, to then when you go and buy it, understand first the value, the price, and uh, not buy it without thinking very, very deeply, do I need it? Do I really be bored in uh, 10 years' time? Because uh, it's so high quality, you're not going to throw it away uh, or waste it, which is something Sometimes things you can do with plastics, and when you buy it very, very, at a very cheap price, you buy without thinking, okay, um, I know I don't like it in five years' time or two years' time, six months. You, you. So when you buy things which are some meanings, some strengths from a good company, you, you, you commit with this brand and with this object, and you keep it forever, and you transmit to, uh, to, your, um, to your children's. And then the product will be is deeply impacted by that because the quality is higher. The varnish on top is, is thicker because it will edge more in, in a better way. 
So it will not age. It will have a patina, your yeah. patina, when you will transmit it. And I do believe in that hardly to raise a level of things by less things, but with more meanings and more quality. A, a sofa can easily, you can keep it for like 30 years if it's a, the right uh, comfort and uh, manufacturers of form, fabric, easily. So we are going back to the old days, to the way that most probably our grandparents, they were buying their furniture. Not, not all of them, they were sophisticated people that they understood the cultural reference at the back of each and every casino products, Poltrona Frau or name any brand. They were buying really for the quality of the product itself because it was a yes. product to transfer that to the next generation and invest money once, a lot of money at, back in the time, but forever. Maybe you are going forever where? and maybe during the, the, the life on the, on the object, you uh, do a upholstery uh, like every 10 years according to the uh, to the fashion if some sometimes you want to have flowers you put a throw on the, the couch to have flowers so i i've designed my way of designing um, is more into that is to how to dress furniture to be able to change during maybe two times during one season or during uh, Sometimes you want some fresh linen with fresh colors, uh, like celadon colors on the sofa or on the chair. And during wintertime, you want a heavy cashmere brown and cozy and warm. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on that uh, to keep the same shape, same object, but dress it in a very easy way, the way you can change your clothes and change totally the environment and the feel of a, of a room with few... Uh, few pieces of fabric, only that. That's very interesting. That's an interesting experiment. I saw on uh, Instagram that he put a sketch a few days ago uh, of your new dining room. Are you working on your on your house? Do you see your house with different highs now that you're spending more time there? Yes, I bought this house one year ago. The house was totally full of objects of uh, from the story of the old owner. And the house was not touched for the last 25 years. Mm. And I bought the house with everything inside. Every single object, books, even photo, photography books, uh, chairs, uh, silverware, plates. And I rearranged everything. First, I did insulation, paintings, electricity. And uh, I re just rearranged things. So I'm just i'm living in a house of somebody else and i'm putting my layers of um, of uh, like love let's say love in this house but i will transmit it to somebody else in few years time and uh, so i'm living a large dining room which is not my let's say my taste doesn't mean anything but uh it's in phase with the environment the land and where it's located in normandy and I'm really enjoying that. And uh, when I said previously that I, I, I shouldn't trust what I like, I put some plates on the wall, uh, which are from the 19th century, which is something certainly that I would say I hate 10 years ago. And I, now I love it so much. And my apartment in Paris is very different from this house, but it's on purpose. It's to live in a different way and different things and to eat different things as well there is a lot of cream in normandy we just put creams all in all over the dishes 
which we don't do in Paris. It's uh, just to open your your brand and live something different. This is really a holiday time when you go to one house to another one. What's the point about that? Do you think that uh, an interior design should no should maybe is not the right thing because there is no should and should not. <laughs> the, but the interior design usually reflects the personality of the person or a mix of the personality plus the environment which is surrounding you saying that your apartment in Paris is very different from your house in Normandy because I think there is an influence in Paris about the environment the surrounding and in Normandy as well yeah I think that from from my side I like to be influenced by the environment so uh, when I did this house, it's it's not me. There is fish and uh, hunting, uh, like uh, heads everywhere. This is not me. I'm not fishing. I'm not hunting. But this is, I what I enjoy to to live a different experience while I'm here in this house. So influenced by the surrounding, for me it's important, really important. And to put my touch, yes and no. I'm not sure. I, I like stories, and I build stories in every project. Uh, and I just continue the stories of this house. I put some, you don't see on the screen, but some yellow curtains because this um, uh, this living space is full of sun and uh, and it's it asking me to to put uh, yellow. So I'm just listening the house, what it tells me, what it tells me to do and not to do to reinforce, to enhance the pleasure of living in this house. And even the space between objects, uh, by if you push it by five centimeters, it doesn't work or it works. So I'm very conscious about, uh, about that. Uh, and, uh, and you know, there are interior designers, interior design, which is uh, managing the flow, the spaces, connection between one space to another one. And, uh, and there is decoration, which is just, the colors and finishes and this is magic with just only that you can change the full environment and you change your mood as well i agree completely so it's, it's a it's a therapy yeah it is exactly uh, is there any advice that you would like to give about not to do or to do it but better or more to a young uh, tristan hour that you might have in front of yourself today Yes, there is only th one thing that I, I believe it's, uh, it's important and that helps me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what people think about you, what you could miss and do mistakes. Don't be afraid about trying things. Be curious. Go and talk to people. Love people. If you don't love people, you cannot do this, uh, this job <clears throat> for the rest of your life. Try to do the, the best and uh, don't have any fear. Fear, that is uh, the worst in our world. And if we remove this sentiment, the world will be better. So let's, let, and let's be generous as well. Do more things than that you are paid for that. Tristan, we always like to close our conversation with this question. What will be the first thing that you will do once this quarantine is over? I, I don't miss a lot. Yes, bring my friends in my house to share it with them. And, uh, and this is already planned, believe me. I've got, uh, we schedule because we have uh, like uh, eight rooms. We schedule our friends and family to come here and to discover the house and enjoy it with them. This is definitely the first thing that I wish to do. 
I wish you it will happen very soon. You will have very soon the chance to do it. And uh, thank you very much for the time you dedicated to us, for the time we spent together. It was very interesting. Thank you. And uh, we all hope to see you soon, uh, maybe in Dubai. Thank you very much. Thank you for your very elevating and clever questions. Thanks thank a lot. You. Thank you. Bye, Tristan. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.